0: Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome my dear friend, Kirsten Phillips. Kirsten is a certified yoga and life coach and the founder of Love and Live Wellness, she has so many incredible offerings including thoughtful journaling workshops and the affirmation academy as well as yoga classes and business coaching kirsten is a guide for women to help them come out from the shadows so they can embrace their true selves we have a really incredible and in-depth conversation around what it means to truly connect with your calling And to recognize when things sort of feel off in your life because you're doing things based on others' expectations, rather our own true desires, and how desires are really the earth from which our creativity springs forth. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Kirsten, and welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hey, Whitney, I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you finally on the show. We've been talking about this for a long time because you and I have known each other for a few years now. Glad to say since about 2020, I think we got connected. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you were a wonderful participant in many of my women Waken groups, which is something that I started in 2020. And I would like to reboot and revamp and do my focus groups is something I'm going to be starting to do you. I think you came to a few of those. We did it mm-hmm. around relationships and travel and a couple of different things, but yeah, those were always so fun. And it was always so great to see you. I love women's groups. Mm, me too. Me so too. <laughs> yeah. It's a great space to connect and share and just really feel held in a nice place of, of ease and connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we met back then. And Kirsten, you are a certified yoga and life coach. Mm -hmm. You're the founder of Love and Live Wellness, which is your own business, which Mm -hmm. you now do Mm full-time. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So I guide women and non-binary folks out from the shadows so they can embrace their true selves and feel confident in their decisions because everyone is valuable and no one deserves to be overlooked. I'm I'm a big proponent of like self discovery and a lot of the work I do is one on one and in small groups like you're talking about women's groups that's a big part of the work that I do is bringing together yeah women and non binary folks because I find when you can work in a in a group setting you not only have you know the benefits of the the coach or the guide but you also have the benefits of all the people within that group of like a support. And you also get to learn from one another. And I, I find there's a lot of magic and transformation in spaces like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you're doing this work individually and with some groups and what what else is sort of the foundation of your practice and your work? And you know, what is, I mean, you kind of shared your focus, but what is sort of like the root of, of everything you do?
1: Mm, I mean, I would say the root of everything I do is around journaling. Oh, because that's, that's the transformational tool that helped me become, become confident in who I am. And so a lot of the work I do is I teach others how to journal in a way that feels really good that you can do in like five minutes and have beautiful transformations in these tiny little bits of time that feel attainable mm-hmm. and doable, you know, cause we live, we live busy lives. And having things that you can do in little bite-sized pieces, I I think is essential to success.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's a good thing to be reminded of because I think people want immediate success or immediate results, but there's very much to be appreciated about a slow unfurling and process, especially when we're looking to shift in the way that you work with people to shift, which is, you know, you focus a lot on, you know, people really finding their true intentions and their path. Right. And so when we're, we're wanting to kind of uncover that and and explore that it takes a gentleness because those things can be, well, for one, they're very sacred. So it's kind of like this very delicate little thing that we want to be gentle with, but instead of like, oh, I need to do this and I want to create, I want to, you know, force it out. It's, I don't know. I keep having this image, like a little puppy that you have to be like, okay, like what, because you're bringing it out into the world, right? Anything that we bring forth, anything, anytime that we follow our true path, It is so sacred that we want to take it slow Hmm. because it's not something to just be like thrown out there. Like anybody can look at this. It's, you know, okay, let me slowly introduce it, bring it out.
1: Right. Yeah. That totally lands. I, I loved, especially, you know, you're talking about the gentleness, the sacredness and yeah, like a puppy that maybe is a little bit like timid or scared, or, you know, you don't want to put sudden loud noises in front of someone, like give them the space to really grow and blossom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that any creative endeavor is like that. It's, it's a, well, I mean, it's a, I talk about this a lot. It's a, uh, you know, a gestation, it's a pregnancy when you're, when you're ready to burst in mean, and that's, you know, the most sacred thing uh, in the universe is that which is gestated and and given birth to is expressed out into the world. And and it takes what the time it takes, right? You can't rush a pregnancy. You can't rush, you know, the blossoming of a flower if you want a good result. (laughs) And, and I think that that's, that takes a different approach. Again, it takes patience Mm -hmm. and gentleness and it's, but it's also, um, you know, the work that you do, it sounds like it's a little more the intangible and more nebulous because it it feels like women really kind of tapping into their emotions and their feelings and their true desires, because creativity is ultimately a desire that wants to be expressed. It's like this Fuel that's like, Ooh, I'm really excited about this. And I want to come through and I want to express it this way. That's creativity. Yet. I think so many people feel blocked and journaling can be that, you know, that key to sort of unlock the the blockages because you can kind of articulate and express what it is that you're actually conceiving of.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You totally get it, Whitney. Yeah. That that creativity (laughs) and the unblocking and to be able to really be your true self. Like that's yeah. essential.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, like you also have, I spent my whole life journaling. I started writing in a journal when I was in like third grade, you know, mostly about like field trips at school and my favorite movie, Jurassic Park. But then I, I, I kept writing all through uh, high school and it was, and, and into college, I wrote every single day. And up until a few years ago, I would just like and right now I write more like an electronic journal every day just to... I do some form of writing each day. But there, it was just so... I mean, it's cathartic, right? And it also helps you. I have a very busy mind. I'm a Virgo. So I'm always trying to make sense out of things and organize things. And so it was very hard to me, for me to sit with things and be like, well, what's going on with this? And how do I feel about this? And writing was just so you know, therapeutic to say, okay, here's what happened today. Here's what I'm going through. And I felt more connected and understanding of myself through the, the journaling process.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Journaling I think really is the best tool to connect and understand yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you have a five part process that you've sort of established that you help people with. Do you want to share that with us? Sure.
1: Yeah. It's called the thoughtful journaling process. And the first step is that you set a timer. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because, that way if whether you've got you know 5 minutes or you've got an hour or you know whatever in between the timer can hold the time for you because if you're distracted and keep looking at the clock it's like that pulls you out of the beautiful depth that you can get into in your journaling time and that way your your device can hold hold that time for you yeah and then the the second step is establishing like a safe space in your journal, or having like an opening phrase of you know that you can write whatever you want to write or I am safe here on this page, something that kind of like it starts your, your writing journal journey. And then the next step is to have a skip phrase. So if something comes up while you're journaling that either you don't have time to get into, you don't want to get into or you're like, uh, it just doesn't feel important right now. you can write a little phrase and that just tells your brain you're like you're like, I acknowledge that you have this thought but I'm good right now. I'm going to skip that. Very cool.
0: Was that five or was that four?
1: That's, th- that's um, <laughs> three. That's three. That's three.
0: Give so the, four and
1: five. <laughs> so the fourth one is when your timer goes off, writing a completion phrase. Something like, I am done for today. I'm complete for this moment. Like, again, like kind of tapping into your brain, acknowledging all the wonderful thoughts you've had and being like, I can move on with my day now. I'm complete for now.
0: Yeah.
1: And the fifth one is to write either a gratitude or an appreciation phrase. And it can have something to do with what you wrote about, or it could have absolutely nothing to do about it. Like, I love to just write things like, you know, I'm grateful for green tea because that's my favorite beverage. And so I've it feels really good for me to say, I'm so thankful I get to drink green tea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And do you recommend that people do... Is this something to do daily or weekly or whenever they find? Or is this just while you're working with them in this? Are these the groups that you have that you offer like programs?
1: Yeah. So thoughtful journaling. I, well, I have a, a freebie, a free guide on the web that's at loveandlivewellness.com slash journaling that anyone can get grab. Um, and that has the steps and it also has a couple journaling prompts in it to help get you started in your journaling journey. And then I do workshops that are my thoughtful journaling workshops um, that I do a couple of times a year. Like they're not all the time, but I do them a couple of times a year. And then when I'm working in my group programs, that's always a piece that I bring into that is usually that's usually like the first meeting is, okay, this is the thoughtful journaling process that can help you. Because in my group programs, we always do journaling together. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for me that everyone feels really good about doing that journaling piece. So I teach them that little, a little simple five steps so that it feels really good for them.
0: Awesome. Very Mm -hmm. cool. Very cool. And then, so you also focus on affirmations. That's a big Mm -hmm. part of your work. And so that kind of reminded me, I mean, there's gratitude, which is sort of, I think, acknowledgement of what is the things that we, that we have and that we work with. And just, we obviously appreciate, but then affirmation to me is, is just a lot about like, really, it's like your own sort of like pep talk or just something that really kind of helps, you know, lift you up a little. I am a tarot reader and I like to listen to readings online for my signs, which are Virgo, uh, Leo and Pisces, which we have a Virgo full moon tomorrow which also reminds me of, I was thinking when we talk about journaling, I, I appreciate written journaling. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of typing, but there's something about writing. And I've come to recognize, you know, both full moons and new moons and to have those be times where, you know, in the full moon, you write about your, it's where you're sort of harvesting, right? So you write about the things you're grateful for your celebrations, your victories, you know, and sort of like what you're letting go of and what you're, what's bringing in this full moon. And the new moons are all about your intentions and goal setting and, you know, really man, things you want to manifest. Right. So that just kind of came to mind is that I think any journaling practice is just so powerful. Because the w- written word is just very powerful, so there's just thought. But anyways, affirmations for tarot. I will watch a video that's supposed to be talking about my you know reading for the month, and there'll be different cards that just have like a powerful affirmation, and I'll be like, yes, I didn't think about that, but that's so true, and that makes me feel like I can you know go get it today, and makes me think in a different way. So you know, some people knock affirmations, and I I know they can be silly, but I think that they you know they can be that little push that little juice that you just need.
1: Yeah. One, well, Whitney, I think you just touched on it in that affirmations need to resonate with you. Cause if you're trying to, to use one that feels, you know, silly or off or awkward, like then that's not the right affirmation for you. Yes,
0: yeah, and I think that's so important, for people, to know. And same with gratitude, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm gratitude, or I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful. <laughs> I am grateful for my home. But if that doesn't mean anything to you, I mean, not that we're not all grateful to have shelter, but if you feel like you're just forcing it, you're. It's so like placid and means nothing. Do I do it? But something where, like, to me, it's that, like that day that you're like, man, I'm just so grateful for, you know, my health and people are struggling with their health. And I'm just so grateful that today I was able to do this and feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. And same with affirmations. If you're like, yeah, like, you know, I am a a unique spirit that has their own gifts and yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I think too, that there's often
1: like a, a misnomer that all affirmations need to start with the words I am. Like there are many ways to word them. Like they don't, they don't need to start with that. Like, I mean, one of one of my current affirmations is money flows
0: to me. Mm, that's a great one. And that I've been working on that too, because, oh man, our, I've been focusing a lot on how much our thoughts create a reality mm-hmm. and how much a, a consistent belief just really forms so many of our, our repeating patterns that are unfortunately can be established at a very Early time in life, and then just repeated. And that is so frustrating because then it's almost like subconscious, you know, that you're not even aware that you're just, you constantly hold this belief of uh, maybe it's lack. Mm -hmm. I'll never have money. I'll never have all these things. And you're just, you're holding that Mm -hmm. belief. You're holding that. And so, you know, an affirmation like money flows to me Mm -hmm. is important and powerful in shifting that because the universe listens. Mm -hmm. It listens when you really mean it.
1: Yeah. It does. And it listens when you're focused on the lack of something too. He's like, Oh, you don't really want that. Okay, cool. I won't send that to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned before, like with the, like in, in journaling, you know, there's that connection of, you know, pen to paper that taps into your subconscious. And I actually like, I write my affirmations out in the morning. Like I don't, I, there's, Both the, you know, saying them out loud. And then there's also like writing them down or seeing them written. There are many different forms to kind of bring in your affirmations. And for me, I choose to do the writing first thing in the morning because that's like also one of the best times to connect to your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Like, is either, you know, first, like that first 30 minutes when you wake up or the last 30 minutes before bed, like those are the best times to either like write or say your affirmations out loud. Like, those are the ways to really get them into your into your body. And those can also be optimum times to journal too, for that same reason that like your brain is like primed to be like, okay, let's do this beautiful subconscious work so that, yeah, you can retrain those thoughts that are holding you back. You can retrain your brain so that, you know, you can make millions of dollars, even though you've been living in lack your whole life, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a great point. And what a great takeaway for people is right before you go to bed and right when you wake up, that's when we're most, like you said, connected to that subconscious realm that we enter into and we come out of when we sleep. And that's really where all the, the you know, the, the factory is running. That's really, you know, producing and creating all these thoughts and beliefs and our reality. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think the other thing about affirmations is that they're not just to me, like, just like ideal things they're just real they're re- real concepts that we for me i'm focusing on on success because i have this sort of um with me i have this block with like a certain level of success or money where it's like yeah i can get by but there's like this weird sort of block to like anything beyond like minor or like just enough and so you know something for me is you know there is infinite access to success or something like that that there's no limit right for our, how much success we can experience and to me success is more about like how much we can fully express our vision and our our you know our gifts that we wish to bring to the world right that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like oh i'll reach like this many people it's like don't sell yourself short there's no reason to keep a limit thing everything is infinite right so success can be infinite making money can be infinite and not because we're greedy it's just recognizing that there is literally infinite resources in the universe Mm-hmm. And it's only us that keeps us small. So to me, affirmations are powerful because they just can connect us with what's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It it's connecting you to that that inner truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That you know because our within we know all of it. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I'm very uh, a strong believer in the notion that we hold all the wisdom within us of the cosmos and the, all of it. It's all, we all have it. Mm -hmm. It's it's in our DNA. uh, Mm -hmm. And all we need to do is tap into it. And Mm -hmm. as soon as people tap into it, it's, it's right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty magical the way that manifestation works. And it's pretty instantaneous once people really master it, which I haven't. And I don't know, like many people that have, but, but it's like, you look at people who just have this like monumental success and just, you know, it just looks like everything they touch just expands. And I'm like, how do they do that? I can't even sit down to write like a chapter of a book. I'm like, oh gosh, I can't. But some people, they're just like writing like five books a year and running five companies. And I'm like, whoa. But it's because of that infinite energy and abundance that it works. We have accessibility to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they likely have also found those moments to rest. Yeah. Because <laughs> our brains and our bodies need downtime. And if we try to like do all the things without, We're having those moments to pause, like
0: you'll burn out. Yeah. Yeah. You will. And, you know, I think there's been many a successful person who finds maybe not the most healthiest means to maintain the levels of work and stamina they have. And that's when burnout happens, that's when health crashes, all of that. Mm -hmm. So it is. and, And so that brings us all the way back to beginning. We were talking about slow and steady. You know, Mm -hmm. little by little, step by step, being patient, right? Which is the the most sustainable success is that which happens slowly over time, right? And Mm -hmm. it will grow and and grow, but it doesn't have this overwhelming sort of sense of of probably obligation and possibly burden at a certain point when it becomes so much to undertake because it's being kind of forced, right? Anything forced is going to feel a little bit daunting, In terms of, you know, just how much it takes to maintain it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really true. So Kirsten, I would love for you to take us all the way back as far as you'd like to what began your journey down this path towards the work that you do now, Mm -hmm. you know, did you, did you, sounds like you journaled when you were younger, but what was going on for you when you first utilize journaling as a tool for yourself and what kind of drew you to this have you always done this kind of work or i think you were in a different line of work until just recently so maybe just share about that how your personal journey went towards this
1: yeah um yeah I, I, it's it's fun for me to reflect back my beginnings with journaling really were in high school and it was it was really my way of working through all of the the anger, the anxiety, the fears, the, the everything that I was going through. Um, because like part of it too, is that um, my mom thought that I was like on drugs or drinking, or I don't even know what all she thought I was on when I was completely sober in high school. And so I felt like I wasn't even trusted, like in my own house and that. I just kind of started journaling. And at that time, it's like, I didn't have a proper like notebook of any sort. Like it was just like scraps of paper and I would just like scribble and write. But I felt like there was like another voice that would like talk and reassure and help and guide, which I realize now really is, you know, my, my deeper knowing, my intuition. Like, like she was fully present for me when I had felt like I had nowhere else to turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I went to college, like, I don't think I journaled at all. Like it just kind of fell off because I didn't have that, like, that, like anger frustration pushing the same way it had when I was in high school. Yeah. And I mean, I think on occasion I journal and I had like a travel journal for, you know, a few different trips that, you know, felt important and significant, Mm -hmm. but it really wasn't until, um, much later. So Kind of my, my origin story is how, like when I was 30, I basically had checked off all the boxes of everything I had planned to do with my life. And by 30, I'd graduated college, gotten married. I had a kid and I was living in Berkeley, California.
0: You did all the things. I did all the
1: things. Oh yeah. And I had a job with good benefits because, you know, that was essential for here living in the U S yeah but I wasn't happy and I didn't have, you know, I didn't have like a nervous breakdown, but I definitely had like my anxiety and depression and like my mental health was not great.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I wasn't in, I was not in a good place.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was trying to figure
0: out what do I need to do? Well, when you look back, why do you think you weren't happy? If you had all the things that you thought you wanted, just because I think it's such an important thing to explore because So many people find themselves there where, because there's nothing more kind of unsettling to say, nothing's wrong. Everything is in place. All the, like you said, all the boxes are checked that I thought I wanted, but I don't feel right. I don't feel good.
1: Yeah. Oh, Whitney, I'm so glad you highlighted that. Yeah. So it now looking back, I can realize it's because I was doing all the things that everyone else had told me I should do. They weren't necessarily the things that I wanted. Like, I I think I lost my complete connection to creativity. Which as humans, like we need both a sense of play and a sense of creativity, like to feel good. And I didn't, I didn't really have either of those.
0: Yeah. Which I would say that when you lose your connection with creativity, you're really losing your connection with yourself. Mm-hmm. because when you're describing these things, I I think of everything you've said and those are all external things. You got the degree, you got the partnership, you got your kid, you got your home, the benefits, but none of that is internal. I mean, of course, there, there's love from the relationship and there's, you know, fulfillment from some of the work and your your child, yet, you know, there's that's still not tapping into what's integral to us, which is our, again, our, our true essence, our true essence being expressed. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is spiritual, I'm a big believer that we have a soul purpose mm-hmm. and that, you know, our soul doesn't know anything about the external. It only knows about the expression of what it is. So when it's not expressed, there's that void. There's that sense of, I think mm-hmm. I came here to do something and it, I don't think it was this. I don't think it. there's something missing. So I just think of that when you say creativity, because again, creativity is that it's expressing? It's that um, you know that desire of what you really want coming out. Yeah,
1: it is, and you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, everything that I was focused
1: on was external.
0: Yeah,
1: and I was seeking external validation and believing that everyone else's opinions and needs mattered more than my own. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'd lost that inner creativity. I'd lost, I'd lost any kind of connection to my inner being.
0: Right. Which is so lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that makes me think of going through, um, addiction when you get to your, your a bottoming out point where you feel such a disconnect from your, who you really are. Cause you're attached to something outside of you. You're attached to that substance or whatever it is that you're addicted to. So mm-hmm. you're just feeding off of that and losing touch with this. You feel empty inside. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So then what happened after that?
1: Well, yeah. I, and I think an important piece to kind of add to my story is that I was working as an accountant, which is something I had never taken a class in, but I'm, I can handle details and numbers and, and those kinds of things. And I can also communicate well with people, which was why I ended up in that particular job. But it was, you know, it wasn't fulfilling. And Through this whole time... So I I took my first yoga class, I think in like 1999. And I've practiced off and on like over the years. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with my daughter that I finally started going regularly again. Like I went to a prenatal yoga class during that time when I was pregnant. And so then when I went back to work, I was like, I need yoga. I need to make this a regular thing. So I was going to yoga once a week. And that felt like the one thing that was kind of saving me because it helped me deal with my anxiety where I could actually feel calm, could actually be in my own body and in my own space and experience me. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That is so such a powerful thing about yoga. And I think you'd said that you do power yoga now Mm -hmm. is what you teach. And I know for me, that was a big life changer. And that was you know, I remember in my early twenties, I was really struggling with self-acceptance and I did a lot of yoga. I did hot yoga and power yoga. And there was this moment where I was in this yoga pose because it releases so much, right? I mean, you're just, you're engaging with, with this energetic expression, but also you're, you are in touch with your body and you're releasing so much through your body, so much emotion and all that when you're moving through these powerful poses. And I had this moment where I realized that you know, because I was so fixated on, well, I want to have this and look this way, and I was, I recognized, I don't need anything to connect with my love and to express love, and that's the only thing that really matters. It just it came to me, and I was like, you're just standing here, a body, yet you have everything to offer right from your heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't need to look any certain way, I don't need to have any certain job or do anything to have what I have right here. Of course that lasted for all like five minutes. And then I was like, yeah, but I want this and that, but I always come back to that moment. And I think there's something about yoga and really exercise in general that can just open up these sort of sensations. There's so much stored in the body. There's so much wisdom in the body. And when you allow yourself to connect, which I think again, yoga is one of the best ways because you're just moving with your body. You're connected with your body and you're seeing just how magnificent your body is. Right. I I work a lot with um, clients who struggle with eating disorders. And I always share yoga is one of the best ways to remember the magnificence and beauty of your body, no matter what size or shape it is, because it is moving for you. It has muscles for you. I mean, your body is just this miraculous thing. You know, it pumps blood through your body and oxygen, all this just for you to be alive. And yet we're often so critical of it. So, you know, that I just wanted to share that because that was my profound recognition through yoga and that I continue to have when I engage with yoga Mm -hmm. is, oh my gosh, like just, wow, this body is amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I find now, like even if I go to a class and I'm like exhausted and I just lie there the entire time, (laughs) like I still get amazing benefits. Like I still feel so much better. And all I did was lie there and breathe for an hour. Yeah. But it's like, I didn't have to do anything else.
0: Yeah. Totally. Like
1: How amazing
0: is that? <laughs> yeah. I remember I did a, um, a night, a 60 day challenge, um, Bikram yoga. Mm-hmm. It was like, do Bikram yoga every day for 60 days. And I did it, but there were a few times where I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to do Savasana the final, just the whole time. Yep. But you get a different experience. You're like, oh, I'm just noticing my breath. Of course they got mad at me because with Bikram, you like have to do every pose. <laughs> so they didn't like that, but <laughs>
1: Other modalities are, are, are kinder about that. Not all yes. of them,
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really rigid. rigid.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So you found yoga. Mm-hmm. Is This is when, so was that kind of a turning point for you? You said like, you're going through this, you know, dissatisfaction, recognizing like what's going on, there's something off. And then was that you had already been doing yoga or that was the first time you kind of entered into that practice? Well,
1: so I'd taken my first class in college and I'd experienced it, but it's like, I hadn't taken it regularly until I was pregnant with my daughter. That was sort of my reintroduction back to like a, a regular weekly practice. And so when she went into daycare and I went back to work, I was like, I'm making this, like, this is important to me. I'm making this happen. So that would have been in 2000, I guess late. No, it would have been 2009. 2009 is when I started going to yoga regularly again. And I... It took me a little while, but one of the things that had always been in the back of my mind, like years before this, I knew that someday I would be a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. Like that was just, that was like truth in my body. (laughs) And it was kind of like, I was just trying to find like the right space that had like, because the only training programs I knew at that point were like, where you do like go somewhere for like a month. And I'm like, who was able to just like up and leave their job, their lives for like a whole month and be in like another country or another place, you know, just far away. I'm like, I can't fit that into my life was how it felt. Yeah. Uh, and so then in and in 2014, so at this point, my, my husband was self-employed. So I was the one bringing home the benefits. But in 2014, that's when, um, or maybe it was late 2013, the Affordable care act came into being, which meant that our family could have benefits without us having to have a job that came with benefits. Mm. So that really was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I can become a yoga teacher now. (laughs) So I, yeah, I signed up for a training that began in February of 2014. And in July of 2014, I taught my first yoga class.
0: Where was your training?
1: At Core Power Yoga in Berkeley. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And was it a powerful experience? Was it transformative?
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, uh, because for many reasons, but one of the things that stands out the most to me is someone else that was in the training with me told me about the, the squeegee method, which is something I hadn't heard of before. Have you heard of the squeegee method, Whitney? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> i so, about it now. <laughs> it it was a great way for me to deal with uh, my anxiety, and because the way that my anxiety pops up is sort of like worst case scenario thoughts, like doomsday almost type thoughts. Horrible things happen to my family, like those those were the things that would pop in. Um, And so this person in my training was like, oh, just do the squeegee method. Like, imagine those icky, awful thoughts being like like they're on the wall of a shower and you've got a squeegee. Yeah, like the condensation. You just squeegee it down and then you watch it like go down the drain. Mm -hmm. And that was like this magnificent tool that I was like, oh, I can do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was like the beginning of my transformation in that. And part of the yoga teacher training is that I was required to journal for every class that I took and every teacher training session I attended. So it also got me journaling again.
0: Oh, wow. So those kind of went hand in hand Mm -hmm. for some, I imagine that created some movement within you, some of that blockage that was happening, some of that disconnect from the self.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it totally did. Yeah. And there was still like a lot of discomfort that came up and, But that's like, that's part of the process is like uncovering what's going, what's going on within you and being able to work through it. So that, yeah, that time really was sort of the beginning of me, I really want to say becoming
0: self-aware. Oh, can you elaborate on that a little? Because I think that that's, you know, not something that people think of often when it comes to, you know life-changing things, it still kind of feels like we just kind of find things, but becoming self-aware, that's an interesting concept for, for a big change.
1: Yeah. Well, so the way that I, I define that is knowing myself, knowing my inner self, that part that i kind of shut off and was saying didn't matter, yeah. but becoming self-aware of that. Oh wait, I matter. My voice matters. My needs matter. And it's okay for me to want things that other people think I shouldn't have or do.
0: Yeah, that's a big one. That's really, I mean, I think one of the hardest things that anybody will ever do is to learn how to trust themselves. Mm. Trust themselves and listen to themselves and be able to rely on themselves more than others. Because that, I mean, talk about anxiety provoking. You know, I, I, I've spent my whole life questioning like, well, but what would somebody else think about this? I need to ask someone else. What what would somebody else? Is this okay? Should I do this? Should I, again, it's crazy and busy in here and it's not always pleasant. And it's hard to learn to trust yourself and be like, Hey, maybe just check in with you. You know, I mean, talk about affirmations. A powerful one I keep getting is all you you're seeking answers in the outside world. When all the answers are inside you, Mm -hmm. they're right here. They're always going to be right here because even something that somebody else might say to us is just unlocking something within us. They're never going to offer anything new. It's just our own understanding that we feel someone else gave us access to, but that's never true. We always have access to inside. I mean, things can help us, right? To feel that access, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, I I don't think that we're encouraged really all that much to trust ourselves and to listen to ourselves and know that we can follow that voice inside and follow those desires inside that say maybe nobody else agrees with this but you care about this and this is important to you so at the end what does it matter if other people approve or encourage or agree with this if it's not harming others and it's for your highest good and it's what you believe and feel how could it be wrong yeah exactly yeah. So once you're able to have that self-awareness, is that when you really started pursuing your own dreams and goals and moving more towards where you are now?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to say, Oh, and everything went, you know, turned out roses and it was yeah. amazing. And, and I easy never and had and a simple. bad day
0: again. And I've been confident ever since. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> no. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, uh, I quit my accounting job. And I was like, I'm gonna be a yoga teacher full time. But I knew nothing really about having my own business. And I initially started with, cause I'd also taken a, a kids yoga teacher training. And I rented a space near my house and I'm like, I'm gonna do kids yoga. But like, I made maybe 20 flyers and told like two people, you know, maybe it was five people by the end, you know, and it was like, of course, no one came. <laughs> of course no one came. But it was a magical learning experience. And I'm thankful for it because yeah, I learned I learned a lot. And what it meant though is that eventually I had to get another day job because that yoga piece just wasn't quite going. But I found a magical place that was only a few miles from my house and I was just working there like 30 hours a week, which meant I could still teach yoga. I could still continue to cultivate the things that really mattered to me while I was still making this, this steady income to support my family because my husband's business was still kind of rocky um, as he was growing it. And that was kind of that, like that wonderful opportunity to keep me
0: going, really. So how did that develop? Where did that move you into?
1: Yeah, well, well, in some ways... I think it also, like, it was a safety net and I got stuck again, in all honesty. Because mm. I ended up staying at that job for five years, which was not my original plan. I had only planned to be there for maybe one or two. Uh, and I was working as an office manager at a preschool, which was a really fun place to be, you know, because seeing tiny children can be really entertaining, especially when you don't have to deal with them when they're crying, you know? Yes.
0: And inspiring <laughs> because talk yeah. about just like expressing your true self. Like little mm-hmm. kids are just amazing and they're just like pure joy being expressed, mm-hmm. you know, and just saying ridiculous, hilarious things. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're not being crazy and yeah. frustrating. <laughs> yeah. No, they're wonderful.
1: You're right. And yeah, they have like no filter. So you're like, I can't believe you just said that. And I'm like, Oh, I can't believe you just said that. Wow. Okay, cool. I'm thinking about something totally different now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there were like a lot of, I think, Benefits to being in that space, and during that time it's like I was growing as a yoga teacher, like becoming more comfortable in that in that role, and I also formed a women's group that met once a month at a really sweet little cafe here in Berkeley. But the challenge was that because it was only once a month, it was rare that I got the same people to come back twice mm. so it actually it was I loved it. And it was also draining because I felt like I was constantly like, oh, can you make it? Can you make it? Can you make it? Can you make it? And like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I can't this time. Oh, wait, I can come. Oh, no, I can't. And, and the the blessing that sort of came through was that when, when COVID hit, obviously, we, I couldn't meet in person. That wasn't possible.
0: Yeah. When was this that you started them?
1: Um, I started them, I think in 20, like late 2018. Yeah. It was December
0: 2018 was when I had my first one. That's interesting. Cause I felt the call to start women's group in 2019, early 2019. So there was that's something that's going fine. on around that time. Yeah. Cause I was yeah. just like, I have to do this. I have to. And I also did it in person. I did it in my little studio, this like a converted garage and I would like get a bunch of people in. But you're right. I rarely had, there was like a few regulars, but I rarely had the same group. And it's hard. It's hard to get people in person. And so I imagine we had the same experience where COVID and then you were able to get more people because yeah. we went online. Yeah. Yeah, the going it's so online. funny that we like didn't think about that as an option before, right? <laughs> right. It yeah. was like, like I remember one time somebody couldn't make it, and they're like, "Can they zoom in?" And I was like, "No, we're not going to do that. Like, you, we we can't break up the you know, we need to keep it everybody in person." And yeah, it, that's one thing that I'm grateful for is it opened our mind to being able to collaborate in a meaningful way online, so that it doesn't have to all be in person. I mean, I, I still really value in person as a therapist, as a you know, person with my friends and. Relatives and family. Yet it's nice to know that that can be a still a effective and you know supportive space to hold online. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. What? And I think especially too, like you know, being in the Bay Area, like traffic can be kind of crazy. And even if you live not that far away, it's like the actual drive time. Maybe it'll take you twenty minutes. Maybe it'll take you an hour and a half. Like.
0: I know, I know, it's wild.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that blessing of COVID to be able to to take a, and I call my group community. Um, and so, yeah, tea like the drink. So C O M um, M I capital T E A community. Fabulous
0: little pun. Right? We, we'll <laughs> call that a pun, right? A yeah. yeah. Play yeah. on words. It's something. It's something cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And that's now that's my weekly journaling group. Oh, it off- yeah. So I offer up a, a quote and a journaling prompt and then, and we all share like what we write about. And then I do a, a guided meditation at the end.
0: How fantastic. Now can anybody go, or is this like a, a group people sign up for like a certain amount of weeks and only those people come or can anybody be like, I want to go to community this week.
1: Yeah. Um, it ha. yeah, I, well, yes. Um, drop-ins yes and yes uh that you can have a a monthly membership to it and i just added because my um the platform that i use just added a feature to have a day pass so if someone wanted to come in and check it out they can now whereas before it's like you had to you had to sign up for a month um but there is when you sign up for the membership you still get a 10-day free trial so you can still come check it out Mm -hmm. for free and if you're like no not for me cool cancel we're all good you know like Um, Yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah. Well, listen up everybody. That's it'll be in the the show notes, that link. And I'm sure Kirsten will share it with us. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that kind of developed into 2020. And then after that, uh, what happened? Well, so the other
1: really cool thing that happened during COVID was that um, one of the yoga teachers that trained me to be a yoga teacher, she's someone I've kept in close contact with. And she was offering a training on life coaching that was geared for yoga teachers. And I had worked like she'd been my coach for a period of time. So I'd worked with her. I knew her coaching style. And I was like, I really love the way that she coached she coaches and she actually was the one that helped me like develop the idea of community. Like without her, like community wouldn't exist. Like she was that beautiful catalyst. And so when she said, Hey, I'm doing this training. I'm like, that sounds like the perfect thing for me to learn right now. That sounds like exactly what I want to know. And, and so I signed up for her very first offering of that training. And it was amazing. Like, you know, my yoga teacher training, yes, that opened things that made me, that helped my life. Going through this life coach training was like, you know, if if the yoga teacher training was like a small, like, you know, two-inch section of my life of transformation, like this was like three feet of transformation happened. Wow. Like it was explosive. As part of it was the way that she designed the training was having this way of discovering like who you really are and I get to do that same thing like with my clients. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it's like, I know, like it helped me define like my core values. It helped me define that the characters that make, that make me, which also helped me realize why I was so miserable in my accounting job Mm -hmm. because it was the part of me that likes to be in the background and like help things. But that part had to be forefront in order to work as an accountant. Yeah. And that wasn't the part that likes to be front front and center.
0: Mm. Yeah. So what is your front and center?
1: Well, front and center would be um, really two of my characters. One um, I refer to as like my goddess. And she's like kind of more ethereal and kind of like all-knowing in a way. And- as they are. Yeah. And like, but yeah, high priestess. Yeah. Like sharing her wisdom too. Like she's very giving and open in that way. And then my other, my other one I describe as like a, like a nymph, like she's really playful and like, she's really creative and vibrant. And she's the reason I wear like the most wild colored yoga pants. Like I do not, I do not own a single pair of black yoga pants.
0: They are not in my wardrobe at all.
1: It's such a great
0: excuse or like a way to wear color. I found like the most like craziest fun. And they're always like on sale, like the craziest ones. And I'm like, give them to me. I'll take them. They got like weird, like cuts in them and weird, like meshing, like crazy (laughs) rainbow colors. Yes. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Cool. I love that idea. Like what is your front and center? Like what is your, what is it that most wants to step forward and take? And I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's always like a revolving cast of characters, right? We Mm -hmm. each have like, you know, but I think there is one part that's like super essential where it's like, if this doesn't come forth, I cannot ever feel fully in Mm my essence, in my Mm -hmm. high priestess in my goddess self. If, if that person's like most often in the back, like just push back there. Right.
1: Yeah where like they don't feel acknowledged and that part feels really ignored. Like, and that I think can also be a big reason of why you might lack self-confidence because the part of you that wants to be front and center has been told, no, you're, you know, you're wrong. You need to hide or, you know, whatever it is, that Mm -hmm. messaging has been like, no, that that part can't be front and center when that part wants to be front and center.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And whenever, I I mean, I'm just such a, you know, I really believe that, whatever like is jumping out of you is like, that's your friend. Like, that's the thing that's like, you know, whatever, when you, when you think about it makes you like get that, you know, butterflies in your stomach and the heart you know racing is, is the part that's like, yes, 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 yes. Please let me come out and play. This is what I want to do. This is what your soul is like yearning to do. You know, it's your soul's literally calling and being like, yes, I love this. So I think that's why it's so important for us to be connected with our bodies and listen to our bodies because our bodies will tell us so much, Mm -hmm. you know, we can even ask like for a yes or a no, like, Hey, what about going to do this today? Or what about pursuing this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do you feel? Do you feel this excitement? You know, there's a quote that I love that says, uh, Oh goodness. Do what you do. What makes you come? No, don't do what other people say, say, but do whatever makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Something Mm. like that. Like basically like don't Mm -hmm. do what other people say you need to do, like that you think, don't do what the world needs. Do what makes you come alive because that's what the world needs is you to come alive. Not for you to be an accountant because you're like, well, we need accountants. We need to do our taxes. Like we were talking about earlier. Like, but if you're like, yeah, but I want to be a yoga teacher and like help people journal. It's like, then do that because if it makes you come alive, you're expressing your true essence and then people will feel that. And that's what matters most.
1: Yeah. I think oh, I like I, that. Yeah. I love that idea. The whole... Coming alive, because yes, I do feel like I'm coming alive when I teach yoga, when I get to coach people, when I get to lead them. But yeah, when I was a accountant, I felt like I was just like going into like a little shell, and it was like slowly killing me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's like not when you feel yourself just like draining from that creativity. That's where you know we know, and it doesn't mean you know some people being an accountant is their like thing, like it's mm-hmm. something about it. Like it's very satisfying. It makes, and because there's, my belief is that every, every single profession can help others and can be your a calling. You know, yeah. I used to do sales and I was pretty good at it, but at the, in the end, it got me because I couldn't stand the focus on numbers and needing to get a certain quota and just the pressure, pressure, pressure to sell. And it was like, I didn't feel seen for my own unique abilities. It was like, if your abilities get us more money, then we like you. And I was like, I don't like that. However, I think that some people love sales when they make it their own and they feel fulfilled by what they're doing. Because in the end, all sales is doing is trying to help somebody. You're exchanging, mm-hmm. you okay. You got a problem. I think that this might be a solution. I mean, it's yeah. just whether or not how authentic or honest somebody is. That's Those are key points in sales or any work, right? But I think that, you know, it doesn't have to, and I just offer this to any listeners where it's like, I think I'll, I just really want to open like my own, you know, bakery. It's like, yeah, because some people baking is like your joy in life, you know, Mm -hmm. or even like, you know, again, something like accounting or doing law, whatever it is, if it makes you come alive, it's resonating with something within you that's aligned with your true purpose Mm -hmm. and passion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's so cool that you are doing that. You're living it. And Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. And I think it's inspiring to a lot of people to hear it who are maybe back where you are at 30, Mm -hmm. who are thinking, oh man, something's off. Cause that's a tough place to be in when you're, when, again, when everything's kind of in place, but you're like, oh no, I'm not happy. And I don't know why. And I could ignore it, but I think that there's something that, you know, I need to address here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to hear that there are ways to ignite that, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's yoga and journaling, but sometimes it's travel or maybe it's, you know, like doing something you've always wanted to do. Um, you know, whether that's like a new, a new sport or exercise or a new class or, you know, studying something, reading something new, all these things can be these little catalysts. And, And I think that that's such an important time to follow your intuition. Mm -hmm. Because again, ultimately, this is coming back to what your soul wants to express. And that is only within. You can't look outside and say, well, that person's doing something cool. Maybe that's my thing. Your thing is your thing and can only be found within. Mm -hmm. So that's when it's a good time to meditate. Use that time right before bed in the morning to think, what am I feeling called towards? Mm -hmm. And then just notice like what makes me most excited to think about what do I most want to do today? What do I feel really drawn to? Is it being out in nature? Is it gardening? Is it moving my body? Is it singing? Is it dancing? Is it any of these things? Is it being with animals? Because that's all telling you what you're really yearning for.
1: Yeah. And I think a good thing to, you know, thinking back to, you know, the folks that are maybe where I'm at when I was, when I was 30, Mm -hmm. that, it can be really easy to shut down those desires because that voice in your head tries to protect you and it tries to stop you from change. Yeah. And so like that there's that moment of noticing, it's like, oh, yes, like I would, if you get that like funny little thing of like a particular book that you're like, I really want to read this book. And then another part of your brain goes, oh no, that's stupid. It's like, mm, listen to that first voice. Yeah. That first voice is trying to get you onto your path where you feel good, like finding yourself that other voice. Yes. It wants
0: to protect you, but Mm -hmm. it's not actually. Yeah. And that's when you say, thank you. Thank you for your input because mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent as a therapist. That's something I share sort of CBT related is don't try to shut it up or be like, you're shut to get that voice away because we mm-hmm. need to, the more we resist something, it will persist. The more we try to banish yep. something, it's going to fight. We give it our energy. So we just yep. say, oh, thank you. That's an interesting input, but I feel more connected to this first thought, which was, mm-hmm. I like this. I'm into this. I'm going to check it out. And the other is like, all right, fine. We'll enjoy that dead end. And you're like, thank you again. But and then they can sit down again and not feel like they have to yell, you know, those are all our voices just want to be heard to have their peace. But, but that also takes self-trust when you can say, which voice do I listen to? Which, you know, which one is right. And it's not going to be overwhelming where it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that, you know, that takes wisdom, time and and trust in ourselves.
1: Yeah. And Whitney, I really thank you for highlighting that, you know, saying thank you to that other voice. Because yeah. that is so important, yeah. and a friend of mine once said too that like you know if you want to like fully you know give them like something to do like ha- hand them like popcorn and like an iPad and like have them watch like some movie or whatever so that you can focus on what you want to do like you're you're acknowledging yes I see you you exist here you do this for a little while I'm going to do this now
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that they feel heard and seen. Cause I'm, you know, a big fan of, you know, internal family systems and inner child work. And to me, a lot of that voice in, you know, internal family systems, they would call it a protector and it otherwise be your inner child, but it's just that part of you that's like, oh no, we've been hurt before when we did something that people laughed at or that didn't. So don't do that because you'll get hurt if you do that. You know, our brain is just a computer that remembers every single experience and thing that's happened and is going to try to keep us from doing things that had a negative reaction or response. But that's when we, our wisdom comes in and says, I understand. I know you're scared. I know you're concerned, but this, I, this is different. This is a new time. We can trust this, have your popcorn, take a seat. You can join your, st- I'm not going to, you can still be here. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's that protection. I, I mean, my, I always think that everything is that we do is trying to protect us in some way. And I I encourage that with people who are struggling with addiction or eating disorders is finding that compassion for the part of us that led us down such a destructive path because ultimately ultimately, it was just trying to protect us. You know, hey, this drink makes you feel so relaxed. It's okay. Don't worry, you can do this. You know, hey, you want to feel good about yourself. You can do this. And it sounds sort of devilish, but ultimately it's just wanting to protect you. But we have to recognize at a certain point that, that protection is hurting and harming us more than it's helping us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, but then you get into a place of really listening Mm -hmm. to your inner self, becoming more self-aware and that leads to much more healthy experiences, Mm -hmm. right? The things that are really helping you to feel the most free and the most Mm -hmm. expressive and the most attuned to yourself. And it sounds like that's a lot what you do in your business coaching. Mm -hmm. Because I know that some of your main points that you list are intention setting, ditching your doubts, and then finding your path. And I love that because each of those are such critical pieces to identify when you're really trying to pursue something new and create something. And maybe most powerful is ditching those doubts, kind of like we just talked about, because you get those voices that says, oh gosh, this is not going to go anywhere. And you're never going to have, you know, any kind of success that's going to sustain you or whatever it is. So how do you work with people on those points?
1: Yeah. Um uh yeah, I'll start back with the intention setting just cuz that's more of a not a singular thing, but it's when I do an intention setting with someone, I ask a series of questions to really understand like where they're at right now and where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And I think of intention setting, it's more like, it's kind of like a New Year's resolution that you can actually keep. Mm. Because by the end of your session, you have a single word or a phrase that is meaningful to you, that you really want to have, you know, on a sticky note or right on your mirror, or like you want to see it every day. Because it reminds you and it anchors you back to like, where it is that you really want to go. Mm -hmm. And part of that session too is having like a step, a simple thing that'll move you a little bit closer to where you want to go.
0: Yeah. 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 Love that. And I think of um, a mantra, because again, we're talking Mm -hmm. about the moons and for new moons, I always like to set a mantra for that cycle. And they are just so powerful because again, this and there's something about, you know, reconnecting with a thought that keeps you, it's like your, to me, it's like your North star, right? It's like, this is why I do this. This is what I really believe. This is what I'm focused on. Cause it can be so easy to lose sight of that. Again, that's the power of the written word is if you see it in front of you, it's like, yes. Whereas if I have like a mantra and like, oh, wait a minute, what was it? I think I wanted to like do stuff I like, I don't know. But then when there's something really powerful, you're like, oh yes, that's it. I feel so inspired Mm -hmm. and empowered by that every day. So Mm -hmm. those are good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's really, really cool when I get to do those with folks because usually when they start the session, they're like, they have no idea. They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, we're going to explore. Let's explore this. I don't know. And by the end, they're like, I'm like, is this your intention? And they're like, yes, yes. I love that. That's totally me. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is. Cause it's your word.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And then those doubts, ditching your doubts. How do you help people with that? Cause I think that's you know, what we're all trying to help people with anyone who's healers or coaches is those doubts that keep us so, you know, blocked and imprisoned by our beliefs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And those, those doubts, they, you know, they're often coming from again, from that voice that like wants to help, but it's coming from this place usually of pain, of you know, all the teasing and ridicule that you received as a child, like that's kind of the essence of where that, those doubts often emanate from.
0: Yeah.
1: And in Ditching Your Doubts, I have, it's a five-week group program. And the, the first week is all focused on that thoughtful journaling of where we get to, as a group, like establish a journaling practice where it feels really good. And I walk everyone through a series of prompts that just kind of help kind of like understand, okay, where where are these doubts coming from? Because I find that when you have that, that why that like your logical brain can understand, it's so much easier to let go of.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because if they feel kind of out there and abstract and like, it's harder to acknowledge them. It's harder to see and understand them. Yeah. So that's that first piece. And then we use that journaling throughout the five weeks. Is In the, the second week of the program, that's when we then focus on the affirmations. So then you're taking like, you understand where and why these, these doubts are coming from. And then in that second week, now we're crafting phrases to help you reprogram your brain, reprogram your subconscious, to accept and believe mm. more positive thoughts. Wow. And once we have those two pieces, like that's our first two weeks, we spend then the next three weeks continuing the journal and just unpack and refine so that by the end, you're like, oh, I feel clearer on who I am. I feel confident. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to hide in the shadows anymore.
0: Yeah. That's so brilliant, Kirsten. And you know, what it makes me think is to me that it feels like really like clarifying and really like clearing out the path for what you want, because so much when we start something new, there's so much frenetic, muddled energy of like, well, how would I ever do it? And what are the components? And there's all this fear and doubt, and everything's so messy. And you're like, forget that, I'm not even gonna try. But what you just said made me feel like if you really just identify, it's because it all comes down to simplicity, right? Mm. The, the, the more simple something is, the more likely we're able to actually make it happen. And everything at its essence is pretty simple, but you have to keep these, you know, these certain things that you stay tried and true to in order to remember that it's not that complicated and what you're connecting with every day that keeps you aligned with your focus and your mission and your your purpose. So, mm-hmm. but the thing is that it sounds simple, but it can be so difficult to do on our own. Yeah. So the pro- program you, you offer is fantastic because we like to think just like anything else, like, oh, I can do this on my own. I'll get in shape. I'll, you know, eat healthier. I'll do this. But sometimes it's like, okay, I really think I need to seek out somebody because there's something about really joining together and getting guidance that just accelerates things and gets you to actually be accountable and to do the things that you have every intention of doing, but you may not do if you just try to do it after you make it a new year's resolution and then forget it two weeks later.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like guidance and accountability are essential to make change
0: in yourself. Yeah. And simplifying. Great. Yeah, and then it leads you on your path because then what's going to appear once you clean everything up and you do, 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 do then, Oh my goodness, there's my path. Exactly my Yellow brick road. There it is. <laughs> once I've cleared all the other crap away.
1: Yeah. And with lead lead, um, for leading on your path, that's it's working one-on-one with folks. And that's where, like what I talked about earlier of defining your core values and defining like your your different characters and roles. Like that, that's the piece, you know, where I uncover like my goddess and my nymphs. And so helping you to figure out who those are for you is so amazing. Like I mm-hmm. I have a client that she did this process with me, and she's been working in the healthcare industry for a long time, but she doesn't she doesn't love it. Her job is like crazy stressful, and she really wanted to be a microblade artist, where it's like you know where you do like people's eyebrows, like, you oh, like yeah. Do, it's
0: like is that like is that different like, than threading when like, is yeah?
1: Because it's like it's like a mini like kind of tattoo kind of thing. Oh, that's what? like I know. Yeah, it's like I I didn't know what it was, and she,
0: I'm like wait, I had to like Google it. I was like what is what is this magical thing you do? What? Wait, my blade. So it actually like tattoos. It's not just like shaping them. It's adding like ink. It's adding yeah. coloring. It's
1: adding ink oh, wow. coloring. Yeah,
0: cool. Yeah, it's really (laughs) cool.
1: It's really cool. And she had gotten certified to do it. But like the whole actual, you know, like you said, the act of actually beginning of starting like was just too overwhelming. It felt impossible that she didn't have the time, that she didn't have the energy, that she couldn't be on social media all the time to like find blah, 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 all those things. After defining her core values and her characters... Her microblade business is blowing up. No way. She has so many clients and she posts like photos all the time on Instagram. Like it's totally normal now. I know. And her work is so beautiful because she's this amazing artist. And I'm so, so proud of her. And all it took was having that, taking that time to really define who she is. And now she can show up as her.
0: Yeah how amazing that is, how incredible to allow for that to come through. And to, I mean, what great work you do to assist in that, right? Because coaching is no different than therapy where you're not actually doing anything. You're just offering different things where they're beginning to open up the pathway for themselves and you get to see it unfold. And it's like, oh, brilliant. Yay. Mm -hmm. And that um, reminds me of an actual mantra that I've been thinking of is that, um, you know, you deserve the success that you desire. And I think that that's so important because kind of like your friend, it's like, well, I, I can't start this business and it won't be successful because, you know, you know, it's, it's, but ultimately it's your, a birthright, you know, it's a birthright to have what you came here to do come through, you know, to have that success. We, we all are deserving of that, especially when it's aligned with our true desires. Yes.
1: Yes. We are all worthy of success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And success is a beautiful thing and I think unfortunately, you know, with the inequality we experience in the world right now where people become megaliths and like these gigantic corporations, people some people are multi-billionaires and some people can't have a home. And so we have this t- tainted idea of success. We kind of and success and money and all these things that are not inherently bad. They are not they are not, but we've, we have this idea of like, well, not me success is somebody who's now like a billionaire and super popular and all this. It's like, no, that's not what success is doing the work that you love and having it work for you. Symbiotic. Everything's the symbiotic, the healthiest relationships are symbiotic. You do the things that make you successful and the success works for you. It gives you your home. It gives you the things you've been looking for. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's so great that as a business coach, You can help people create those things, the the life of their dreams, right? Yeah. So Kirsten, if people want to create the life of their dreams and find their path and set their intentions and all this good stuff, how can they find you to work with you?
1: Yeah. So one of the best ways is to go to my website, which is (laughs) loveandlivewellness.com. And From there, you can you can schedule a consultation, which is a great place to start with, because then we'll meet on Zoom and we can really connect and figure out, you know, what of my offerings is best for you. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like, oh no, I know which one I want, just scroll down the page and you can click onto my my main offerings. Um, if you want that intention setting or community, ditch your doubts or find your path, they're all direct links there. If you're like, oh no, I don't know which one I want, then go ahead, go ahead, sign up, make it make it go, uh, and then. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at love and live wellness. I'm that's the social media I'm on the most, so that's usually the best place to find me. And if you want um, access to the free thoughtful journaling guide, that is
0: loveandlivewellness.com/journaling. Fantastic. Well, Kirsten, thank you so much for being on the show. And all those links will be in the show notes, so people can find them there as well. And I know that a lot of people are going to want to work with you and do all this fantastic stuff because, um, you have some great offerings. So thank you for your work. Congratulations on being here where you're living your dream, you know, walking your path, expressing yourself, all the things.
1: <laughs> thank you, Winnie. It was truly an honor to be here. I love your knowledge and wisdom. This was like the most fun I've had. So thank you.
0: Yay. <laughs> I like to hear that. We want to have a good time. Great. All right, Kirsten, well, I'll talk to you soon. Take care, have a beautiful day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, happy full moon, happy spring equinox, which is on Sunday. We got a lot going on. We got, And then speaking of colors, we need our green, we need like our yellows and pastels for the spring. We need our moon colors, whatever those are for you. <laughs> so everybody find your colors accordingly. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Kirsten, take care.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.